The following podcast contains mentions of murder, which may be distressing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. very welcome to kids from yesterday pod my name is cloda my name is courtney and today we are going to be talking about murder um so <laughs> yeah my favorite yeah, <laughs> our favorite topic so we kind of i had been thinking i uh recently uh was watching a video about the west memphis three and how they were kind of demonized for being um into metal music so essentially they were they were what they were put on trial for murder um and the, one of the main pieces of kind of evidence or one of the main things that kind of led them to be um taken on or put on trial for the murder uh is or for three murders is because they were into music or into metal music they were into um metallica and they were into marlon manson and they had kind of tried to demonize the three boys um by saying that they were murderers because of what music they're listening to so we thought it would be an interesting thing to kind of go in further into some other cases where that has happened um where people have been demonized for their music interests um and we thought we would go through there's actually a lot more than we kind of initially thought um and there's some very interesting ones as well we have briefly mentioned this before Courtney what we were talking about I think it was episode four what comes first the music of the misery was it? I thought it was episode two. Uh, we definitely talked about Satanic Panic before, and the um, I've been reading about it a little bit more recently, and like it seems to be a very fundamental kind of Christian response, and like that is genuinely what it just seemed to be. It's like a very specific part of America kind of developed this as like the boogeyman of like if you don't believe, you, this is what your children are going to turn into. So it's like the the whole dichotomy of like if you believe in God, then you need to believe in the devil, and if you believe in the devil, you have to believe that there are bad people out there who do bad things. And yeah. then they kind of cultivated this like image of what a bad person looks like, um, which I think is like fascinating. And like we've talked, I think a little bit about like beliefs and stuff on this podcast before. Whatever you believe in is is cool and fine. Like no, we don't judge. But that's, we don't judge. We are a judgment free zone here. Um, but I do think discussing kind of some of the more interesting beliefs that come, like not even from a, from a faith, but from kind of a cultural standpoint, which is what we're all about on this podcast. We talk about culture. We talk about everything. Yes. Um, so for people who don't know about the West Memphis Three, can you explain what the case was and when it happened and who the boys were? Don't know why yeah. I'm like giving an all JVN, <laughs> JVN realness right now, but that's what we're doing. So yeah, the WEF, the, the WEF, <laughs> the West Memphis Three. <laughs> so the West Memphis Three were three young men, Damien Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin, who in 1994 were accused of murdering three young boys. Now the nature of the murders was pretty 
disturbing they three of them were found kind of sexually mutilated they were hogtied and they had been drowned and they were found in the robin hood hills park area of west memphis arkansas which is in the united states um like (laughs) no it's just like like I and you and me, we both listen to true crime like all the time. But I think when you're actually talking about it, it's just like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty horrendous how they were found. Police, um, they came to them <clears throat> to the conclusion themselves that it was a satanic occult ritual. Um, no, they're having a completely normal one that day when they were like, "Yes, this is what this, this was. Is, this is it. It must be a satanic ritual." Um, and. There was one of the guys, um, Eccles, Damien Eccles, he was actually serving probation for another crime. So his name was suggested to police for investigation. And the reason was because he was a pagan. Um, He had an appearance. He had black hair and wore trench coats, which is another kind of trope, I guess, that we'll touch on in a couple of minutes. Um, and mainly he had a love for heavy metal music and that's why he was initially brought in and questioned. Um, there was no DNA evidence that was connecting them to the crime. There was no witnesses putting them there. Um, they didn't know the boys who were killed. Then one of the boys, Jesse Miss Kelly, gave a false confession and a false statement saying that he had, or, sorry, there was false statements by other witnesses who said that they had heard the boys bragging about the, bragging about the crime. And overall, in the end, the three of them were found guilty um, of murder and they were sentenced to life. Eccles, who was the, the guy who was the pagan and was into the metal music, um as the young folk call it he was the one that was kind of assumed to be the ringleader of it all and he was actually sentenced to death by the lethal injection in the end they ended up i guess there was like concerts and and everything loads of people got behind them um lawyers journalists activists singers um songwriters they all came together and kind of there was a huge cry out to try and get them to be acquitted of the crime um like johnny depp i think lemmy iggy pop loads of people did a big gig together to raise awareness of the three of them um and kind of in the end they ended up being acquitted of the crime but the main thing that got them to where they were was the fact that they were different which is a really dangerous thing to kind of do is to treat people criminally just because they're slightly different and they wear dark clothes and they listen to metal music I do it's really interesting and this is I'm I'm now entering like super nerd territory and you're gonna be (laughs) sorry that we did this episode um so if you are new to this podcast I mention it quite often I have a psychology degree um and I'm a dick about it (laughs) I'm not not really um but there was in one of my modules we got to do uh forensic psychology and a lot of yeah it was like in my that was actually why I picked the the course because in final year you got to do forensic psychology and I was like yes I'm gonna suffer through four years of a degree just to do this just to do this one module for six months (laughs) (laughs) please don't personally attack me I'm in this photo and I don't like it um and so it's really interesting uh so in like 1984 the like police and um 
what we would then come to think of as profilers came up with what is known as the read method, which is a method of um, interrogating an, um, suspects. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they tell them to look out for different tells. So it's like, um, you know, if they don't make eye contact or if they seem nervous or if they get angry in response to questions and there was all these like lists of like this is stuff that might point to somebody being a killer and then they like they would also put in things like you know um like affiliations so stuff like this like you know oh they, they kind of made the the satanic kind of link um and like it was kind of put forward as like a, this is possibly a suspect but obviously like it was taken and kind of run with so i think a more recent study done in maybe 2001 and 2002 kind of found that across america different police stations were using up to 32 different variations of the read method which means that it doesn't actually work as a method mm-hmm. but the problem is then you have people who maybe have an intellectual disability or maybe have a, just like a general like they're neurodivergent so like they could be autistic and they find it really hard to make eye contact and i think it's something like 56 percent of incarcerated americans at this moment in time have some kind of disability which is really interesting because you're supposed to get like additional supports from people and you're supposed to have somebody present with you and like there's all these different like safeguards mm-hmm. that should be there um which is why it's really interesting that they like they picked up these three boys obviously Eccles had a previous record so they just like that's kind of a thing as well like you look for previous signs so maybe like Mm -hmm. petty crimes and stuff and you look at this as like an escalation um with Miss Kelly making a false statement is really interesting as well because this happens to people really regularly where if somebody interrogates somebody for a really long time they may actually start doubting their own memory yeah Um, um, or they can be coerced into it. So like a part of the read method as well is to kind of go, well, if you do this, we will give you this. And, and you see it on shows all the time. Like, you know, oh, if you just tell us this, we'll let you go. And yeah. like people people do it because I, I don't know how long they were there for. I don't actually know as much about the case as I would like to, I think. But it's definitely a thing that like if you interrogate somebody and ask them or accuse them of something, they will just tell you what you they think you want to hear to get out of the horrible situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um and also maybe he was advised poorly by somebody like I just I find it really fascinating how this stuff happens just because of like one thing and it's like that is kind of but like the method is to to look for differences so like look for people who can't make eye contact look for people who maybe have troubles like upbringing mm-hmm. look for this look for that and it's like sometimes that can be right but a lot of the time it has to be wrong yeah and then absolutely. you end up with shit like this like yeah, and this this case kind of illustrates that as well, that it's not always like they still haven't found the killers um of the three young boys. So it's still kind of a big question over that. There's been lots of theories going around about who it might be if it wasn't them, but they're you know, the, the three boys have been acquitted and they are free now and, and they are, you know, they're it's just unfortunate that they lost so much of their lives to being in prison and being criminalized and demonized for simply just being well it wasn't just because they were interested in certain kinds of music but that was definitely a huge factor in that one so messed up um but I do think that kind of like when you suggested this as a topic to me it kind of immediately brought to mind so I've in my lockdown habits I have been watching if you can like find me something that has 16 seasons in it I will watch it <laughs> so um <laughs> I've started a rewatch of Criminal Minds um intensely problematic like oh my god they're like he was wearing shoes therefore he's a psychopath and you're like I don't think that's how that works 
but okay. <laughs> also, like, works. 90% of you are not qualified to do this job at all. I think, like, in season 10, they bring in an actual qualified forensic psychologist, and I'm like, yes, queen, go talk to Tara oh Lewis. Oh, God, yes. 10 seasons. <laughs> and then they're like, actually, we should get somebody who knows about this stuff. That's yeah. a great idea. I wonder how that meeting went down in the writer's group. They were probably stuck <laughs> and like, I don't know how we're going to do it. I know. Let's bring in somebody who knows about this stuff. <laughs> Oh a really God. qualified person like profiling is not an exact science there is like like and obviously like it's a tv show so they take yeah. things that are real and then they kind of make them a bit like what are you doing with that yeah. or they they overly simplify it because that's I mean I could also go into how script writing happens and also like the um what's the word dilution of ideas when it like, comes from a writer to like into the writer's room and how they think audiences are going to perceive it but I will not do this to you today because nobody needs this <laughs> I'm saving you. Um, but like instantly, like I think season one, episode one, so the pilot episode of Criminal Minds, the murderer is a fan of Metallica. And like Dr. Reed solves, he's a doctor, but he's not a forensic psychologist. He's just, he's just, he's two doctors, actually. He has two PhDs and he's my baby. He's so cute. Um, <laughs> I love him. Um, but he saw, like he figures out how to get into the murderer's computer. This is not a spoiler. This episode, this episode aired in 2006. If you haven't seen it, this is your own personal problem. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on now. Um, but he, there's like a, a bit in it that always sticks in my mind, which is that like he looks around through all the CDs and he's like, if I was this guy, what would I do? And then he brings up a, like a CD and it's um like Metallica's I think it's Metallica's first album and then they're okay. like what would an insomniac have as his password and he looks I'm back cringing he... so much to <laughs> <laughs> and Reed just goes enter Sandman in this like little voice and the password is enter Sandman <laughs> oh my god that's awful but I love they're it. like oh my god we solved it and then they're like they, and then they're able to watch like a live feed of where he's keeping it was a horrible murder like really horrible case but I'm interested to watch this like, now just like I've never seen it before um because I I do prefer to watch like true crime because I feel like my brain would get too mixed up between r- reality and and you know oh I do this all the time TV. like I'm watching stuff but I'm like <laughs> this is that case and then other times I'm like hey you remember in that case when like this thing happened and then people who are like really big true crime fans that I know are like that never happened and I'm like well it did in this tv show <laughs> honestly like the other day actually I was trying to think there was like I think it was an ep- I was like is was that an episode of Sherlock or is this a thing that people can actually do I was trying to figure out if like you could guess the so- like the height of somebody just by looking at CCTV and I was like was it Sherlock what was it or is this an actual thing and I just I decided it was probably Sherlock so I left it at that this because of people trying to guess if Leo Bragger was social distancing from people. No, this was um <laughs> I was watching it was like for one of so I do on YouTube now. So I have a YouTube channel where I cover true crime videos and I was doing a video about Michaela McCreevy, who was the girl from Northern Ireland who died or was murdered in Mauritius and there is CCTV footage of supposedly herself and her boyfriend or her husband at the desk of the hotel and so they're supposedly fighting and I was like surely they'd be able to figure that out now by using that like trick where they're able to like measure how tall somebody is just by looking at them and I really think that it was a Sherlock I think it was an episode of Sherlock I imagine there is like a trigonometric way of figuring out an approximation like do you remember okay so like if you're not from Ireland you have no idea what I'm talking about but do you did you have to do Project Bats no (laughs) I've been to school before them so it's yeah, she <laughs> I'm small, okay. Yeah. I'm small and young. So for our final year exams when you finish secondary school, it's called the leaving cert. And um 
you have to do maths. Like uh, other countries don't understand this. We have to choose certain subjects and then we can choose others. Um, but they brought in a thing for my year. I think my year was the first year of it called Project Maths, which was basically to make maths more interesting to people rather than just giving you like solve for X or whatever. They go, you're standing on a building and you're looking down at a drop shadow and you need to guess how tall the building is. Yeah. So there is actually a way, but you have to know an exact measurement. So you would have to know how high the camera was and you would have to know um something else I can't remember I, there was like something else you need to know to make a triangle to actually figure out yeah. how high the, how high the person is how high are you right now <laughs> I'm not I'm just really tired <laughs> um but like there is a way of doing it it's just like so it's not like I think it's just not as simple as like you can't just look at like any camera you'd have to know okay mm. this is exactly this amount this is and this is the trajectory of it and this is how it always stays. And then you could make an approximation of how tall somebody was. But there's so many different variables because, like, if somebody leans forward to push a door, I think they tried to do a whole thing on it in Criminal Minds. But, like, I actually think there are maybe too many variables to get. So they might be able to say, oh, he's between, like, five foot ten and six foot four, which yeah. is a huge disparity. But also it covers them in case they're wrong. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was definitely something like that. It was like, it was on a, like a fictional TV show and I was like, there's no way that's a real thing. I'm not even going to look into it. But you've made it sound like it could absolutely be a thing. So <laughs> it might be. You'd never know. <laughs> you never know because I may have just know. made that up. I don't I know. Do you know? I don't know. Um, another episode that they did on Criminal Minds was an um, episode 10 and they had, um, what's your man's name from, uh, oh my God, what is it called? Breaking Bad. The not... Walter the other guy oh Aaron Paul yes they had he played like a a big emo and he was like but he was like and like a mid-20s emo hanging out with all these teenagers in this like abandoned place and they were called Lords of Destruction and it was just oh, that's so like, cool man it was like and they had this like oh we just come here to drink beers and listen to metal and like it was really 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 cringy but it's like and it just it's it's like the thing and it's my favorite trope ever it's like when you're watching a film and people go into a dive bar and everybody's like a really cool punk but the bar is like the cleanest thing you've ever seen yeah it's like nobody has spilled a beer on that floor it does not smell like eight thousand unwashed punks like why like what is this um, so I just think like people who write this stuff have never met an emo maybe <laughs> and they're just like terrifying but it was the Lords of Destruction like they kept writing Lodge everywhere and they were like this is the Lords of Destruction look at their <laughs> satanic pentagrams and you're just like dudes come on but it's definitely like I think they kind of eased up on it after a while but it definitely used to be a much bigger trope yeah. than it maybe is now but like because I think as well like a lot of the things we're going to talk about on this episode um happened kind of mm, I don't know up to about 2011 I think was kind of the last time that this happened that we know of yeah um but like I don't know, it's so weird I remember there was actually I think it was an episode of either like Law and Order or one of those no not Law and Order what's the other one CSI I think it was CSI um there was an episode of Paramore in it um and one of the characters was at a Paramore concert I just remember them looking at CCTV footage of the Paramore concert or they were at the concert following somebody. I, I, it's been years since I watched it, but I just remember that. I don't think they maybe had anything to do with the narrative, but it was interesting because I think I just watched that one episode because Paramore were in it and they're my faves. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that that is kind of like the scary emo kids. We're very, we're not scary. We're happy. We're always so happy. Yeah, we're so happy and so miserable all at once. It's all, amazing. All at the same time. 
And so it was actually the episode, uh, which came first, Music of the Misery, that we, yeah, it was episode two, where we initially spoke about kind of um, people who were demonized. Yes. For what they were into. But we'll get into that in a couple of moments. Sorry, that just came to my head and I thought I would throw it out there because I started my sentence and then didn't finish it. So <laughs> there we go. So we're going to move on to the next one. Courtney, tell us a little bit about this one. So I think this is probably the most famous for mm. the worst reasons but the 1999 Columbine high school shooting mm-hmm. um where 15 kids were killed by two of their classmates <sighs> I'm not naming them I think this is like a thing that we're not going to do in this episode we are mm-hmm. not going to name the killers because fuck that because I haven't named exactly what these guys wanted yeah in this instance as well is to kind of be famed yeah um no we're not doing that so um interestingly just like in the um west memphis three the perpetrators in this case were members of what is known as the trench coat mafia um which were like they seem to be like a little gang that started in school that were like they hated like they were being bullied by like the jocks and like the other like the other cliques so they were mm-hmm. like we're going to be a clique and we're all going to wear trench coats and we're going to be cool um which you know that's what people do in, re- in retaliation um but because i think yeah, I think two of the or one of the perpetrators at least was members was what one of the perpetrators at least was a member of this trench coat mafia. So um they decided that um they being the media decided that okay, this obviously had something to do with it. So headlines that ran after the tragedy read um stuff like killers worship rock freak Manson and devil worshiping maniac told kids to kill. So it became the case that because the kid was yeah. such, like they because they listened to people like Manson, Marilyn, not Charlie. um they decided that okay well like obviously Marilyn Manson is to blame when you're like no no this is just like two little shit bags decided they were going to ruin people's lives that's what happened it had nothing to do with the music like maybe they were being bullied and that's really sad but plenty of kids get bullied and don't kill anybody so like fuck yourselves sirs I feel very strongly about this (laughs) I'm just like no um so then what happened after that is that following the incident, out of respect, Marilyn Manson cancelled the last remaining dates on his tour. Um, and then they, he, I think he ended up cancelling the rest of the dates for the rest of the year, saying that um, the media has unfairly scapegoated the music industry and so-called goth kids and has speculated with no basis in truth that artists like myself are in some way to blame. This tragedy was a product of ignorance, hatred and an access to guns. I hope the media's irresponsible finger pointing doesn't create more discrimination against kids who look different. Mm-hmm. So like basically like following it I think there was the day after the incident people kind of picketed one of his shows mm-hmm. and some like a reporter went in and they were like, Oh my god, he like said something we're shooting cops and like, oh my god, he did I mean you know, you know Manson. You know how he be yeah. like, you know, and I think he got up and like was like upside down a crucifix or something at one point and they were just like, This guy is to blame. And yeah it's just like really fucking shitty but I think that actually did massively impact the size of his career like I know he's still majorly respected in the alternative scene definitely um but I do think that he probably probably could have ended up being more popular than he was and I do Mm. think this really severely impacted how people felt about him which is really strange but he's so right that like it's it's ignorance hatred and and an access to guns like that's literally that's it like that's what happened yeah identity I like I was too young to remember when Columbine happened but I definitely like grew up 
terrified of Marilyn Manson. I don't know why. I think it's just like the the idea of like um what do they call it corpse paint and stuff just freaks me out. It just it scares <laughs> me so much. Like it really like terrified of looking at Slipknot. I think it's just because I don't I don't know who's like underneath it or something like that. There's yeah. a fear of the unknown more so than anything. Um, but there was another case where Marilyn Manson was kind of um scapegoated again and that was in 2003 a schoolgirl named Jodie Jones was found dead in in the woods near her house and um, she was from Scotland and they found that she like the, the her body was mutilated and the mutilations on her body looked like similar to the mutilations that were on a very very famous old Hollywood case of the Black Dahlia um whose real name is Elizabeth Short and she died in 1974 or 1947 rather um and she was called the Black Dahlia by the media her boyfriend so Jodie Jones 14 years old her boyfriend was then arrested he was 15 years of age and he was arrested on suspicion of her murder 10 months after she died I think the main reason that they suspected him was I think he felt like he found the body and he was like oh look what I found kind of thing um, in one <laughs> you know, of the searches you know when your girlfriend's dead and you go oh my goodness yes. look what I have just found look what I found the I had never now obviously this is out there if you want to look at it I have but I don't recommend it I had known the Black Dahlia case and I'd seen like the image of her face but I had never seen the other images the reason that they Marla Manson ended up kind of being scapegoated in this one is because uh, her boyfriend was a fan of Manson and Manson had like done these paintings of the Black Dahlia and kind of all of her uh, mutilations on her body and like I had never seen these before until the other day and I was like oh my god I did not need to see this yeah. it was very distressing to look at Um, and they kind of again like he's entitled to I guess express himself artistically but I don't think it's fair that he ended up just because this guy was a fan of Marla Manson that he ended up being the one to blame like yes the young boy probably did emulate or copycat the death of the Black Dahlia but it doesn't necessarily mean that he got those ideas from Manson I think it was actually I remember that being dismissed as it yeah. like not being similar enough and um, but the prosecutor wanted to draw attention to similarities so it ended up being it's like the thing that people do in court and yeah. um, we're here for more facts which is basically that often prosecutors or like in cross-examination they might introduce something to a jury that they know is going to get thrown out or like that the judge is going to ask be stricken for the record because it'll make like the jury you're not going to strike that from their memories so yeah. it's the kind of thing that they give pieces of information that they know can't actually be entered into evidence but will be used by a jury so it's like you know using people's fear against the jury to go like oh you know he's a really big fan of Marilyn Manson here's these paintings but like um I mean I I don't I don't want to know what happened to Jody Jones like I do, as in no. like I don't physically want to see it um the paintings are horrible but they're sort of like surrealist in a way I don't know I don't know enough about paintings to talk about this I'm completely talking <laughs> out of my ass but like the art there's something really fucking surreal about them and you look at them going Ugh. um yeah and like Manson's weird and he does weird things all the time and like people want to be weird they want to be weird it's I had never seen them either because I kind of looked them up thinking maybe this is something we could share on social media and no, no it is not <laughs> no it's very... Yeah, even the, the even the photographs of her face, I don't think are 
like I don't think we could share those either actually in the middle of when we were talking about this and I'm like I'm scared of Marilyn Manson there was like a black flash across the window beside me and then another one I was like oh what's going on it was just Ryan oh my god I was ready to start crying (laughs) it's the ghost of not dead Manson oh no (laughs) I'm such a baby when it comes to things like this like I will be afraid for the rest of the day now can we just also say that it is 12 o'clock in the afternoon it is not like it's nighttime and she's like it's day I'm such like yesterday after we recorded like my one of my YouTube videos I like couldn't go to bed without Ryan being with me because I got myself so scared (laughs) I am such a baby bless you that's really sweet in a sort of like not very sweet way Zodiac killer is coming for me. <laughs> oh my god, Ted Cruz. You know what's really <laughs> fucked up? Sorry, complete segue. I um also like if you're not a fan of true crime, you need to get in on this shit because like, come on now. It's it's great fun. We have this kind of banter. You could have this banter too yes. if you if you got into true crime. Every time somebody mentions the Zodiac killer, I'm like, it's Ted Cruz. Why haven't they arrested Ted Cruz? <laughs> but it's so pervasive now that I'm like, it's quite obviously this guy and he stopped killing because he went into government. Like obviously said. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's probably not, I don't know. Is that, I don't know, is that, like, slander? (laughs) (laughs) Is it slander? It's only slander if Ted Cruz listens to this podcast, and I really don't think he does, so. We're all good. Nobody tells Ted if you're listening. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Courtney, that, that, um, balloon, I know it's a balloon, but it's really freaky behind you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So. It looks like a body bag. I'm really scared of myself. (laughs) Um, so obviously we are socially distant socially distantly uh, recording on Skype I think behind me there is a bookcase there is a big old pride flag it's like the gayest happiest thing you've ever seen in your life yeah okay and then there is a balloon that my friend so Danny who we've mentioned a lot in this podcast she brought me up a balloon like and left it outside my house basically for me to get for my birthday because I made a joke about having a um call on the caterpillar cake because I'm six not 26 and she was like here's your six balloon but you're goth um, and he's just been slowly slowly deflating <laughs> so I don't know it's a body bag or it's a very wilted penis I don't know. it actually I was gonna say it kind of the more it's kind of blowing in the wind this way it looks like a dildo <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's not scary anymore <laughs> it's not scary anymore if it's a willy it's not scary <laughs> you never know it would be really messed up if it was but anyway um there you go that's uh <laughs> that's the segue that's the comic relief we all need on this episode okay Clara tell me we talked about this on episode two which came first the music of the misery um and it was the story of 13 year old Hannah yeah died by suicide um she was a fan of my chem and the Daily Mail blamed my chemical romance for the cult of emo. So like, I think the problem was that the coroner decided that because she died of suicide that um, because she had like, dyed black hair, the coroner for some reason was like, we need to do something about this. So yeah. do you want to tell us the rest of the story? Yeah, so essentially a uh, young girl, her name was Hannah and she died by suicide back in, I think it was 2008. Yeah. Um, and she was a fan, you know, like us back in 2008, we were fans of My Chem, Good Charlotte, Blink-182, things like that. Um, and after she died by suicide, like you said, the the kind of the blame was put on her love of My Chemical Romance. The Daily Mail published an article called Why No Child is Safe from the Sinister Cult of Emo. And that was from May 2008. Um, so 12 years ago. And in the article, like, to us, it's kind of laughable because we're like, what the hell? But 
it's kind of back then I guess it was seen as kind of a again a satanic panic kind of thing one of the things that they said was that when emos die they believe they go to the black parade which I'm like yes we do but I'm also like seriously no that's not a real belief that we hold that was a music video and a lot of people can separate fantasy from reality but okay exactly exactly um and they also apparently when she was questioned about she had some kind of self-harm wounds um when she was asked about them she told her parents it was an emo initiation ceremony which I find hard to believe to be honest um I don't think that's something she would have said but it may be something that her parents I don't know if they made it up maybe she did say it. I don't know but it doesn't sound like something that a 13 year old would say um it's also I, like it sounds more like an excuse more than anything else yeah. as in like if you were um like so I think we, we talked about this in more detail in the mental health episode and this is obviously mm-hmm. from a different point of view but it's interesting to me how a lot of parents and I see a lot of parents obviously because I'm now at that age where I'm in between the age of being like I'm never going to be a parent but of all my friends being parents and of like still kind of being young enough to be like hmm yeah Um, but I do see a lot of people who are parents be like oh kids self-harm because they um it's cool or like they're encouraged to but it's, it's the sort of thing that like I have experience of it in my past um and people you know can there's it can happen in waves it can happen whatever I think it's a very individual thing and I think Mm -hmm. if kids are like encouraging each other to try it or whatever like if kids are actually that I don't know I think people forget what being a teenager is like and if they were as as, like impressionable as as they seem to think that their own kids are but I feel like it's the sort of thing that if somebody were to encourage somebody to do this to hurt themselves you wouldn't do it again no you'd be like fuck no unless there was some kind of psychological thing that you're getting from it so I don't know like as yeah, it being exactly. like an initiation ceremony I don't I, I it feels like something she said to maybe cover up other feelings and okay. it feels like something they yeah. ran with and we can't say because obviously she's not here to tell she's like to, to, to defend yourself but it does feel like one of those things that like if your parents ask you like it was an accident or like I you know heard it on something else or like you just kind of if you don't want to talk about it, you don't talk about it. And I think yeah. saying, oh, no, it was like, I'm emo and this is part of the initiation ceremony. Kind of outlandish, but like I could see it being like a, a thing that she just said to get them off her back kind of thing. Yeah. And this, again, this is like one of the very, I guess this is one of the first times I remember emo or my chemical romance kind of being troped as this evil kind of thing. Because obviously, there were obviously these previous ones that, you know, Metallica and, um, Marlon Manson but this was during our time I guess of being this is like one of your bands which is is entirely different like I remember there was a uh we did talk about this before where My Chemical Romance kind of they kind of fought back and they had like a chant at one of their gigs being like fuck the Daily Mail (laughs) and like it's still relevant today to be honest (laughs) it's still very relevant today yeah um but it's something that they had to kind of I don't think it ever really took off in maybe the way that the Satanic Panic of Sarai Marlon Manson did. Um, but it definitely, it kind of, it didn't help people like ourselves who were emo, but were also kind of struggling. I know I was very shy and I was kind of, this is my way of expressing myself, but I didn't want people to think that I was evil or, you know, whatever. I, I wasn't depressed because I was emo. I was emo because I was depressed. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> and I think as well, there's like a, a way of hiding them because you're like the it, rather than it becoming like a we're afraid of these people, it became a they are now targets for bullies because they are vulnerable. Yeah. And I do think there was like for me as well, especially there was kind of a an element of like I was fine talking about it amongst my friends, but like if somebody else was like, "We oh, like this band," I'd be like, "No, no, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I'm not emo. I'm whatever." Like I just. And like that was like the thing you just be like, that's not that's not a thing that I believe in. I do think a sad thing about this case as well is that they they kind of described it as like she's secretly chatting online to emo followers all over the world. And it's like, fuck. Like, I mean 2008 was like pre-Twitter. I think Twitter started into that Twitter started in 2008 because um I feel like every one of my references today apart from mentioning Leo Varadkar in a park has been American but I remember it like being around for the start of Obama, the Obama administration. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I um, remember following game on there in 2008. So. Yeah, so I think like Twitter started in 2008. Um I think Facebook was only Facebook was a thing but it wasn't really like a thing. We were still kind of on Bebo, I think. Yeah, but like I'm just thinking about like I mean I keep thinking back as well 2008 was 12 years ago I know oh my god we're so old like what the fuck um <laughs> I just keep going yeah that happened 9 10 11 12 years ago yeah. and I just I can't I, can't I was 14 you were probably 13 right I I turned 14 that year oh my god yeah like, baby. Just, I was so small but like the idea of it being a problem that she found people online to talk to. And like obviously the landscape of like how, I mean Live Journal would have been a thing back then. So like the landscape of how Live Journal and how forums worked and stuff. And like I do like I sometimes like if I'm trying to dig up information on an old topic, you kind of go into those old forums and the way people talk to each other was not the nicest because if you think about how Reddit is structured now, you have some places of Reddit that are really kind and really mm-hmm. considerate and some places that are cesspits of human misery and <laughs> not to be dramatic about it no <laughs> but like I, I do think that tone has changed and the way we speak to each other has changed and I, I have read like old emo things and like people would say like oh if you're not doing this particular form of really gruesome self-harm you're not really emo and I do yeah. think there was kind of goading but like it's the sort of thing that like now we would be like absolutely fucking not but back then that was there was like a weird and I don't know there's a whole thesis probably in there about like the weird anonymity of the internet before versus now where we tend to use our more real identities and we're really suspicious of people who don't use their real identities etc etc so um but it it just it's interesting that she lived in a world where that was not normal yeah that was my point (laughs) that was a very fair point that that was not a normal thing whereas now we're best friends and everyone on on the internet You know? We decided to do this on the internet. Like I have made like best friends by going, "Hey, talk to me on the internet." Like I exactly, just exactly, exactly. That's how it be. Um. So another case that happened was a 2011 Arizona shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, where a shooter murdered six people and then shot a congresswoman in the head. Um, for some, this is like there's not very much information on this story, but for some reason, the um, investigators discovered that the shooter was a really big fan of the song Bodies by Drowning Pool, which was released 10 years prior to the shooting. Okay. Drowning Pool had to release a statement to be like, yes, we think violence is bad because they were like, this is your fault. I mean, like, dudes, come on. Like, uh, I, would be, I, just, I would be scared if people, you know, tried to pin a murder on me. I went through 
my list my spotify history or my google history <laughs> i'm literally writing a murder mystery right now i google things like how long does it take for somebody to die of asphyxiation <laughs> like it's it's dodgy as shit there is no i'm gonna be like look just read my book it's like it's many thousand words enjoy like i just but like the, like that's the real that's the real shit like it's the fear yeah. when you're like no i am innocent and i just it's so funny like I don't know if it was like he listened to it just before he went out and did this like iPods were still a thing was it the last thing he listened to in his iPod was yeah. his iPod just filled with like one song <laughs> like you could just imagine like that his library was just like the single like body single 2001 with it you know like the do you know the cover yeah yeah so just that cover like repeated over and over again and they were like he really likes bodies on the floor. drowning underscore bodies underscore dot mp3 (laughs) and then square brackets lime wire yeah (laughs) so maybe that was it i don't know there's not very much information on it but it feels like such a fucking stretch to have gone he really likes this song about bodies hitting the floor like i don't know i mean i sing it every time i'm watching an episode or something and they find a body on the floor i'm like i won't do it because michael will kill me (laughs) but (laughs) he likes my songs but he also doesn't but I will be like there's a body on the floor um, and he's like just please stop uh, but maybe this guy did this too maybe I have something in common with this guy and I don't want to but maybe I do but it's just maybe. like it's such a like I just can't believe it like 10 years after the song they had to be like yeah no no we that don't the one tiny connection they had which is so yeah. weird Courtney tell us about another one that you um found that was there's more information about and it's to do with the band Slayer. So Slayer were blamed for the 1995 murder of 15 year old Elise Pollard. Um, her three murderers, who we will not name, were in massive were massive fans of Slayer. Um, they were in their own band called Hatred. Emo name. Okay, <laughs> I see it. Um, and uh, according to an article I read, I think it was a Spin Diddy article. Um, I have no idea what Spin Diddy is, but thanks very much for your for your article, Spin Diddy. Um, oh, you said Spin Diddy, and I was like, <laughs> interesting. Spin Diddy. Diddy. Okay. <laughs> We're pronouncing our T's today. I don't do that enough. So we don't uh, do that ever. No. <laughs> We're Irish. You don't you don't pronounce the LTs. Um, and so according to this article, what they would do is they'd meet up, they'd write some like they'd shred on their guitars and then they would plot her murder and I'm like that just seems not likely like you know 1102 band practice 1106 plot a murder like I don't how are you doing this are you screaming murder plots at each other like I don't know and in the end what they did was they um they strangled her and then they stabbed her 12 times and then they sexually assaulted her post-mortem um which is fucking horrific but also like you planned that for that long and then you still like like stabbing her 12 times makes no sense i'm sorry like that's overkill what yeah. are you doing um so good job on the planning dickheads <laughs> planning Fair, murders yeah. about god <laughs> it's not that's not the priority but anyway like that fucking horrible um so one boy reported to his probation officer that he'd been influenced by slayer um and they believed that they needed to sacrifice a virgin in order to make their band successful so oh. they're belief was that if they sacrificed um at least that um they would be gifted with musical prowess and then would potentially become successful you know how you get gifted with musical prowess you yeah. fucking practice and don't use half your practices to come up with plotting a murder like seriously you were multitasking and it didn't work for you like i just that, that is why you weren't successful 
that is why you failed because you're now in jail and you're really shitty um which is just like it's fucking horrible but Sarah blamed publicly for that um even though like literally not their fault Mm. Um, there was a second similar kind of like weird motive incident uh, that occurred with Slayer again in 2011 uh, where the son of Leroy Smith Jr. killed and dismembered him and then reported that all of Slayer had held a gun to his head and forced him to swear to secrecy what he really is Um, and then he claims the Slayer guitarist Jeff Hanneman took his own life after the incident so he claimed this happened on May 5th um, in response to a Facebook message that Smith had sent him Oh, was really adamant that um, he like he basically Slayer had said you need to do this and you need to do this to hide what happened and then he was like well then Slayer said that they wouldn't cover this up for me anymore so then he sent an angry Facebook message to Jeff Hanneman I suppose in 2011 it's quite possible you could physically send messages to Jeff Hanneman yeah. because people people did this um, and he was absolutely adamant that this happened on May 5th and that Hanneman died after that um, when in actuality Jeff Hanneman had taken his own life on the 2nd of May and um, it had nothing to do with this incident at all. Um, obviously, Smith is very ill. Um, yeah. But it's really interesting that two Slayer incidents where like they were later it was in, like publicly they were blamed because they were like you clearly did something to this man and you're like well no because like if somebody is that kind of ill where they are becoming influenced by outside or they believe they're becoming influenced by outside stimulus i guess yeah. like it, it didn't like it could have been anything it could have been a, a billboard it could have been something yeah. that he said it could have been a tv show it could have been anything so it was just he just it was just because he was adamant that slayer were physically there that slayer got blamed for this thing um i don't think it i don't i'm not a fan of slayer so i don't know if it's impacted their career but i don't think it has yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be a fan myself either, but it is it is a bit of a strange one. Tell me, who is... I don't know who Leroy Smith Jr. is. and uh, is, is he somebody that we should know? No, no, this is just like... that's Just that's, a man. That's the dude who died. That's his name. Oh. Okay, okay. Sorry, because I was like, I, she's saying it like I should know who that is. I don't know who that <laughs> no. is. It was okay, the, so it's just a random man. It was the president okay. over putting the, um, the murdered person first. I was like, ah, but they have the same name as well. Oh, okay. He, like okay. the the kid, the murderer in this case is the Smith the third, um, and he's only named because they have the same name. That's the, that's the thing. And also, he's clearly ill. He's not like there's, you yeah. know, that's it's unfortunate that that happened. So the last one that we have is to do, and this is I think their first appearance on this list is Slipknot. Um, there was. A report that a pair of friends had butchered knives and sang a song by death metal band Slipknot as they lured one of their other friends to their death. Um, it was a 20-year-old guy and a 16-year-old girl. Apparently, they had been talking about killing their friend, who his name is Terry Ray Taylor, um, who was 22. He was found under uh, he was found dead under a large pepper tree in Paris Hill Park which is in the United States. Um, and that was on April 24th in 2003. Um, they said that there was over like 20 stab rooms to his body um, and they had then slashed his throat. And the reason that Slipknot were brought into this was because um, the both the murderers told them that they were list- the police that they were listening to a Slipknot CD before, before and after the murder. Um, and the, the, the detectives then 
use the lyrics from their song Disaster Piece. The lyrics of Disaster Piece are really gross. Um, like most of Ziplot songs, and I quite like Ziplot, but like it's just they, I think they quoted something about like how somebody died and then the detectives were like this is from a Slipknot song but they listened to the CD before they did the murder and then afterwards they were like we're going to chill and we're going to listen to some more Slipknot and then we're going to talk to the police about Slipknots they were just stunning like that's what was happening Um, (laughs) not to make light of a horrible murder but like that is what was happening Um, and the police were like clearly this is Slipknot's fault and they were like influenced by the song but again I think it's just one of those things that people are gonna people are gonna people people are gonna people yeah and do you know what if you are like if you're gonna if you're in the mindset of like you're gonna go and commit a murder then I can see why they would be listening to their favorite band before and after yeah like I know it's a weird thing and it it's again I think it's just one of those things that the prosecution team keeps bringing up where they're like this person listened to this music therefore they're bad and you're like no no the murder part is really bad the music mm. has nothing to do with it I think you can just think they're bad on the basis that they killed their friend I, I think you can just leave it at that, that that's probably Definitely. damning enough and it's probably a thing that again that's used by that probably used by their defense team in terms of you know convincing a jury that Slipknot are horrible and dangerous and scary and are death metal and that they had been you know convinced wrongly, by yeah, the wrongly to do influenced this. by this or something yeah, yeah and exactly. i can totally see exactly. that being a thing too that, that is that is incredibly true god the world is really fucked up that is what we have established um it's just it's really interesting to me that this is a thing that is so or was so because i really don't think it is anymore but like it's so entrenched in it even though if you go back to charlie manson times and mm-hmm. he was influenced by the beatles the whole exactly. Helter Skelter thing was the Beatles. And then there yeah. was like, I mean, people already didn't like the Beatles because young girls liked the Beatles. So therefore it was fine to hate them. And we, I think we've talked about that in Definitely, episode yeah. four, maybe four? Was it four? Episode, yeah, episode four, I think. That sounds right. So if you want to go back and listen to us kind of talk about like a feminist stunt on alternative music in general, we talked about this in more detail in terms of what was it that one i don't know we've talked about this before <laughs> i think it was episode four we've um it's just something that's really interesting in the way people dismiss different bands and different things based on who is interested in them um yeah and I, I think then the beatles kind of got blamed for influencing charles manson but again it's like the beatles were so upbeat and happy like literally nothing like it's again if somebody is going to be influenced by an outside stimulus it could be fucking anything it it literally could have been anything um it was episode four girl all the bad guys want and then we continued on the discussion in episode eight which was called all panic no disco and throughout both those episodes we kind of talk about misogyny in the emo music scene in more depth and we kind of also touch on the fact as well that things were hated particularly like the Beatles and emo bands which is what I find so like astonishing about the Beatles now is that the only people who like them are old white men <laughs> old white men are like fucking feral old white Beatles. men fucking it's... love the Beatles <laughs> man <And they're... laughs> like uh, yeah like I can understand their contributions to music I can like and it's I can with most things because like a lot of the time you're like okay well if you didn't have this you wouldn't have that and the, you can probably do like degrees of separation from like exactly. if this artist was an influence then they wouldn't have whatever blah blah but like 
it's weird to me that like the Beatles were so like oh god they're so shit and then when like you know Lennon died and then like when all this other shit went down old white men were like is this what's gonna happen in like 10 years 10 years 20 years maybe 40 years like old white men are gonna be like you know what fucking Harry Styles we're all about about Harry Styles right now One Direction were life I hope so (laughs) I love One Direction I hope that happens (laughs) I'm revoking your emo card like right now you can have it back thanks I love Um, One Direction I cannot wait for them to reform (laughs) maybe I'll put that in my my 2020 predictions considering that everything that we predict comes through that you want One Direction to come back I'm sorry like it's if you're listening to this just know I did not know this before Claudia started talking <laughs> have you never seen all the I have so much One Direction merchandise <laughs> I think I just that I use every day I have like a, a little eye mask I have my cup I have my One Direction pens I am a stand true and true <laughs> <laughs> I just blinkered anytime pencils the whole lot <laughs> just every time I've seen you you've been wearing him like a Niall Horan mask and I'm like yeah that's what Clara's face looks like <laughs> this is just my friend Coda yeah yeah that's what she looks like um Clara to finish us off would you like to tell the people of the world what you told me before we started recording this about what you do with oh, Skype yeah. so I am not very proficient with technology right even though I'm somebody who like does a podcast and does internet and stuff like that right she also has a youtube channel a content creator I, I'm very good at, like, when it comes to like software what <laughs> i would say that um you're uh, you're on youtube just in case people didn't know you're cloud on, on youtube, YouTube just I'm in case you didn't know um i'm very good with software like editing stuff and like making websites look nice and things like that when it comes to actually like work on the computer i am your granny so i was just telling courtney earlier that I every time I need to use Skype I have to re-download it because I never know where to find it on the computer. is <laughs> using an iMac as well so if you've ever used an iMac you you know how that shit is spread out you know where the icons are is it like you know what the, the launchpad looks like and Claude is like no I, I go on the launchpad I type in Skype it never shows up so I'm like, I have to re-download it again I if think you I ever murder somebody, right? Somebody's going to go through your computer and just like the guy who did the, the body's murder whose iPod was just full of pictures of that one album from Drowning Pool, it's just going to be like pages and pages of Skype install <laughs> yeah. and they're going to be like, Gosh, Skype, I love Skype. <laughs> Skype, you caused this. <laughs> I think I have it now though. The icon, But the icon is always in the corner when I'm using it and then it just vanishes. So hopefully it will um, stay on my computer for, for the next time. <laughs> I love this. I also love that you're like, oh, I'm really good at all this stuff, but it comes to work in the computer, which is like a tiny <laughs> way of putting this up. Like, I, I just don't know how to use Macs. Like, I open it up, I know where Google Chrome is, I click the little button because it looks like Chrome. I can click the little Spotify button, the little iMovie button. I know where the little buttons are. But when it comes to anything else, like finding a photograph or opening a Word document, like, pff, not a They're chance. I can't YouTube. do it. I don't know how. <laughs> That is hilarious. Um, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, you could give us a little review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. If you're listening somewhere else, then I don't know, just tell a friend about us. Share it, um, like it. Do something with it. I don't know. Tell like I feel like if everybody who listens to this told one person, um, it would spread like a fucking I don't know, like a virus or some other really well, you have to tell them to listen. Thing. Yeah, you oh, yeah. Not to listen to us. 
Yeah, like tell them to listen to you. Like pick your favorite episode of our last few episodes and go, you know what, you need to listen to this. And um that would help us out immensely. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at kidsmyesterdaypod at gmail.com. You can get us on Tumblr and Facebook at Kids from Yesterday Pod and on Twitter at Kids from Why Day Pod. Yes. Um, we are available in all those channels and we will respond to your messages. We and we're on Tumblr. Yes. I said Tumblr. Oh, did you? Sorry. <laughs> yes, like, Granny. <laughs> now a note from Tumblr. We have Tumblr. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're back. We're back and I'm back kind of up. We're back and I'm back updating stuff back. on Tumblr. Um, slowly but surely. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening to this thank murderous you so much episode. Thank you made it to the end of this podcast. Are we, <laughs> we're now back at the stage of Thanks for listening to us, we guess. No, we, guess. We, no. we still don't know how to end. And look, that's such, it's such a podcast. It's such like a podcaster trope that nobody knows how to end their podcasts. Um, and we're podcasters, so we can like <laughs> use that trope. <laughs> but it's like in you know in concert, people can go like, "Thank you so much, uh, good night," whatever town that they're in, and then they can do the whole like every you know every band has their thing that they do we can't do that because we don't know where you're listening so we could just be like thank you so much for listening goodbye and then that's it goodbye earth bye that's the end that's the end goodbye earth (laughs) hong kong style (laughs) right we're done okay we're done